Welcome to Plan a Happy Life. I'm your host, Stephanie Fleming, creative entrepreneur and happiness activist. I'm on a mission to create a happy life movement. Each week, I'll be joined by my daughter, Kayla, for some honest conversations about how you can plan your happiest life yet. So what are we waiting for? Let's get happy. Hey, Kayla. Hi, Mom. Welcome back to Plan a Happy Life. Today, we have a fun episode. We are just going to be doing Q&A. We asked our followers on social media to submit some questions because we seem to get DMs a lot about just all kinds of different questions. Some of them are very random, and um, we thought it would be fun to dedicate an entire episode to just your questions. Let's do it. Okay, so we're going to start off with the question or kind of the theme that we got the most, which is basically like, how do we like working together? How do we have such an amazing bond? All these questions about mother-daughter. So the very first question was, how do you girls have such an amazing bond? I don't even know how to put that into words. Yeah. We just do. Well, we've always had a great relationship. Mommy and Kayla forever. Yeah. It hasn't ever really been like something we needed to work on. I mean, we've had challenges like everybody, but it hasn't been something where we've ever struggled with being close or... No. You know? No. I know. I think just the opposite, actually. Um, Kayla's always been my little buddy. Like, and by little buddy, I, I know mean... you've been saying that so much lately. I know, my but that's... little buddy. But the, okay, I guess... It's not It's not a bad thing. I, I have... just... It's just... I've never heard you say it as much in as real recently. Life. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's where that stems from, is that when Kayla was little, she just wanted to be with me all the time. All the time. All the time. And at times it sounds really bad, but at times it was tough because I love her so much. I loved her then just as much. And, but I had a J-O-B and Kayla still just wanted to be with me all the time. So, um, school wasn't her favorite. Uh, we had a lot of trips to the nurses with mysterious stomach aches. Good or, yeah. Then mom would come and I think she, you were and like, I was fine after cause I just wanted to be with my mom. Yeah. But I think I had a little anxiety I think as so a too. kid, but I still really just wanted to be with you. <laughs> I know. And in like as, as but much. But it was like separation anxiety I too. So. I think where like part of that I was probably having maybe some physical symptoms mm-hmm. because I was like, you know, yeah. away from you, which sounds. Well, and back then I was a young mom. But, mm-hmm. So I wasn't aware of all the things now where like you wondered, like, it, does she have separa- separation anxiety or does she have anxiety just in general as a little kid? I was more like. I need to go to work. She's faking being sick. I'm irritated. Yeah. You know. And I was fine. You were fine. But I feel like I didn't know maybe as a mom to be able to say, like, why is she doing this all the time? Like, maybe we should explore that. Today, I would explore the bejesus out of it. I know. But then it was just kind of like, you know, you just start going, going, going. Right. And so that kind of did bond us in a strange way, like between that, just because I think we all we spent a lot of time together that way. Plus, I just okay. Besides just that, mm-hmm. I loved, I lo- I love being a mom. I that was one of my, I think my greatest accomplishments is being a young mom and hopefully being a good one. So of course, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. But I mean, I think going through wanting to be there as much as I could when you guys were, you know, doing gymnastics and. Uh, baseball and all of your activities I wanted I made some sacrifices to make sure that I could be there as much as possible yeah but so I think the amount of time that we spent together and how present you were has 
greatly affected how we how close we are now. Yeah. Don't you think? Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I think that at that point, we, we've had people that have said, like, it's kind of strange how close you are. I mean, and we'll be honest, like some of the things. Yeah. We're very close. Yeah. Very. Very. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think that's, I love being, I love having my daughter be one of my best friends. Totally. Me too. I'm your best friend too, right? For sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's no secret. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, I think it's. Not to say we don't ever have little arguments or things like that. We totally do. That is a question on here. Somebody oh, asked. It? Let me find it. It says, were you two oh. always this close? Yes. We were. I think, uh, well, let's go back to junior high. Do you think we would be close or do you think, I mean, we were? Uh, yes, I, I still yeah, think you we pushed do. my buttons back I pr- then. Yeah, but I was also like a preteen. Yeah. And like in those, eight, like, I think every kid is that way at that age. Or majority of kids are that way. Yeah, junior but, high. Oof. You know, and I, but I still think we were close at that time, mm-hmm. even though I was a little bit of a pest. Yes, you probably annoyed me because you were embarrassing for me at that age, <laughs> but <laughs> which I'm sure I will be at one point of for course. my kids. Um. Well, I found the question though. Okay. Do you two ever have arguments, and how do you work through the tough times? So the answer is yes. Yes, we do. Um, well, when we, when you first brought up, hey, is there an opportunity for me to work at Mambi? And I was kind of like, mm, Kayla and I have very different personalities. And as a child, like, and as a teenager, we'll go back to that preteen, you know how to push things. Totally. Right? And so I feel like, and I'm like always wanting to make my kids happy. And, and so I was like, oh my God, can I be her boss? I don't know that I can. Well, and backing up before that, I had always said that I won't and don't want to. (laughs) And it was never anything against the company at all. It was just something that I didn't grow up having an interest in. What? I didn't. I love that you did it for (laughs) us. Like, let's just say scrapbooking. Like, I, I mean, what kid really scrapbooks? Yeah. So I loved that having... I love still having the ones that you did for us as a kid, but it was it wasn't something. I mean, I enjoyed stickers and stuff. Yeah, but I didn't grow up going like, oh my gosh, I want to be in the family business. Right. In fact, I think you were kind of the opposite, being a little bit. We'll talk about the enneagram in a minute, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but being, I just wanted you to be like, a little I don't independent, want to do that. and yeah. I wanted to do my own thing. Respectable. So I did end up doing my own thing for a while and worked in a completely different industry, and then. As I got older and had some experience, not to say that that wasn't good because it was great, but I ended up, you know, having an opportunity or thinking about the opportunity of working for the family company. I was kind of like, well, first of all, you came in at a time when we needed an assistant for me, Kevin, and then my sister, Lauren. Mm -hmm. Three people to be an assistant for three different people. It was super entry level. Yep. Like, can you get us lunch? Can you send this thing out? Can you email and make these travel reservations? Can you pick up Chase? You, yeah. Like, personal slash executive mm-hmm. assistant for three people yeah. that you're related to. Yeah. Mm, yes. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> right? Recipe and, for disaster, right? you would think. Yeah. And, but I also felt like, oh my God, well, what am I going to do if you're, <laughs> you're pushing the envelope and you're like going, God, really? Do I need to go do that? And I thought, oh my God, am, are well, we going to. Because gonna... I was really good at saying no. And, really? <laughs> and, and pushing back outside of work at, in my teenage years. Yes. And I was afraid that was going to happen professionally. And when it did, I was like, how do I handle this? Do it? Right. Does it become like a, a mother daughter thing? Or are we going to be able to handle ourselves professionally? And I was 
very impressed. It was actually, I think Kevin was like, I think she can do this. Or yeah. Lauren, one of the two. It wasn't me. Uh, yeah. No, no, no offense. I, w- I don't no blame offense. you. I don't blame you. You know, I do remember when we had that conversation, we were in your office and I remember kind of, it was started out as kind of a joke and that, not joke, mm-hmm. but like we weren't too serious. Yeah. And then more so in a joking manner. And then it was like, well, but for real, like, would yeah. that be a possibility? And I remember you saying, well, you'd have to be really serious about it. Mm-hmm. And I remember going into it with both of us saying, if we're going to do this, there needs to be like an out for either of us. Yeah. If it's not working for me, mm-hmm. I want to be honest and open and say that with no hard feelings and you understand yeah. and same thing on my end. Like if it's not working for me and I don't like it. Right working for family or or I just don't want it to come in between our relationship comes first before work and if that's if the work is coming in between that then let's go our own, our separate ways as far as our professional life yeah and there's we both nothing. came to that agreement where we were like yeah totally understand 100% on the same page. you have to because there's nothing more important than our relationship and so not a job not an opportunity there and if we felt I think we we made it very clear that if we started to feel like I'm feeling tense and I'm not able to manage you or you saying like hey I just don't like this I don't like the whatever Mm -hmm. then we could step away so I think that was really good so the second part of that question was how do you work through tough times and I think that just like honestly being open and communicative is how we have to work through those tough times because the more if you if you're pissing me off or vice versa and we don't say anything we both know from personal experience that that just bubbles up and it the pressure just comes and then you'd say something like you know if I if I ask you hey did you check that email oh my god seriously I already checked it okay <laughs> it becomes something that like that it's hasn't not. happened Mm-mm. no it hasn't happened I'm just saying it's a hypothetical and but right. it's happened in my life where I've yeah, yeah. Well, oh, I totally. pushed things down where somebody will say something completely unrelated and I just kind of blow up and you go, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's happened between from. us, but not specifically. About not an email. Not an email. I think I've gotten better as I've gotten a little older, but I still have those moments where you are my mom and you'll say something and I kind of go, okay, <laughs> mom, like in my head yeah. kind of. Mm-hmm. And there are times where we butt heads yeah. and but we're I think we bounce back a lot faster than yeah. we used to yeah because I think I I don't think I hold on to it as much anymore because yeah. I don't think you ever did it was just me being the daughter that kind of was like it's hard also taking I mean you part of growing up and being independent is not having to listen to your mom right not right. having your mom be your boss yeah believe, you're not my not, boss you're anymore. not the boss of me is what she said when she was two years old <laughs> or did old enough to put the sentence together. So yeah. when you become an adult, you don't really want your mom to be the boss of you. So yeah. then what happens when you go into the family business and your mom is the boss of you? It's it, That's one of the things I was worried about. So the fact that we could turn that into, you know, I think I've sat down with you before and you've probably sat down with me like, hey, this isn't working. We've been able to talk it out. And it doesn't really happen all that often. But, but we have been able to point out some things along the way I think that maybe aren't my strong suit or things that I would like from you yeah it's been for the most part amazing yeah I don't there haven't really been any crazy bad times Mm -mm. I think we've been really lucky because I know that with a lot of family businesses 
that can be tough. Yeah. And uh, not to say we haven't had tough times, yeah. but we've we've scored. We have. And we have fun together. That makes we a totally difference. We totally do. But right. yes, we still fight. <laughs> we have. And I think that, honestly, we have a family business. So working with my mom, my husband, my sister, my brother, my, at one point, my son, my stepdaughter, my daughter. Like, mm-hmm. There's bound to be disagreements, but, but ultimately... Yeah, we figure it out. Our relationships always come before work. Yeah, and uh, I think there's like great. a fun, there's kind of like an unspoken bond when you work with family. If you can work through um, and figure out how to be very open and honest when things are not going the way you want them to go, the good parts are amazing. We all kind of get each other. We trust each other, and so it creates this bond that people are asking about. We have such an amazing bond because I think. We love and respect each other, but because we've had to learn how to communicate, it deepens the relationship, both business, uh, you know, professionally, but then also just our relationship in general. Yeah. Okay. Our next question that we got was, what Enneagram numbers are you? That's fun. Yeah. So if you guys don't know what the Enneagram test is, it's a personality test that um, you answer a bunch of questions and it kind of categorizes you with your personality type and there are I think it's one through nine yeah nine numbers so we took ours on the Enneagram Institute website um do you want me to read this yeah okay this is the sorry totally interrupted such a mom thing to do yeah right you're not doing it well enough I'm gonna go (laughs) just kidding (laughs) no I just wanted I was like googling this the whole time like what is it the Enneagram is a system of personality typing that describes patterns in how people conceptualize the world and manage their emotions Okay. Beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) The Enneagram model describes nine different personality types and maps each of these types on a nine-pointed diagram, which helps to illustrate how the types relate to one another. There you go. Wow. Beautiful. Thanks. Okay. Um, Do you want to start with what number you are? Okay. I am a nine, the peacemaker, which was no shock to me. I think sometimes you can, like, there's a test you can take, and I think Kayla and I both took it on the official Enneagram Institute website. I think we paid like $12. Yeah. You take this 40 minute, I think it took like 40 minutes, very in-depth quiz. Did it really quiz. take that long? That's what I recall. But, you know, I think it I've says like it'll take, it could take up to 40 minutes, but I don't think it really does. Well, you know, this rule follower then probably she just. She probably took a whole 40 <laughs> minutes to take the test. <laughs> I was very thorough. I wanted to think it through. So you take this very thorough test and then it tells you. So sometimes when I think you look at the nine types, you can look at it and probably a lot of people can guess what theirs is. And um, I did because. But Definitely it's not always that way, though. No. I mean, they, a lot of times it does make sense. So I wouldn't recommend going and saying, oh, that's me and just saying, yes, that's me. Because there's a bunch of hard questions that it's like trying yeah. to decipher between Would two you do options. This or this. Is it more this or more that? Yeah. And, yeah. And sometimes we don't even like you have to be very self-aware, like answering the questions very honestly, not how. No judgment. Right. Don't, don't answer the way you would like to be. Did you do that? Because sometimes I, I, I had to remind I had it was a struggle not yeah. going like, I, well, I would like to do this. But sometimes really it almost honest. felt like I don't like that about myself, but I guess that is really the true answer. Yeah. Because um, what's the point of taking a test to you're find just out? Waste you're going to waste $12 and 40 dollars. minutes. Yeah, and for a whole 40 minutes. <laughs> and your 40 minutes. Um, and really, what are you going to do? Because this is really finding out a little bit more about how we what how we react to things, what our personality is, what are, how we deal with our emotions. Um, so the Enneagram Type 9, the peacemaker, is described as the easygoing, self-effacing type 
receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. Ooh, we just did complacent. I can become complacent. I do know that about myself, so I do have to challenge myself a little bit. But um, that's me for shizzle. What are you? I am an eight, and the eight is the challenger. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Um, also, with my number, I was not shocked <laughs> at all <laughs> with what it was. It was very telling <clears throat> as well as correct. But um, the type eight, um, eights are self-confident, strong, and assertive, protective, resourceful, straight-talking, and decisive, <laughs> but can also be egocentric and domineering. Eights feel they must control their environment, especially people sometimes being or sometimes becoming confrontational and intimidating what <clears throat> yeah eights typically have problems with their tempers and with allowing themselves to be vulnerable at their best self-mastering they use their strength to improve our others lives becoming heroic and inspiring okay wait so let me read they have that's like a one paragraph what she had and then what a nine is. And you're going to realize why Kayla and I sometimes butt heads, mm-hmm. right? Nines are, which is what I am, accepting, trusting, and stable. They're usually creative, optimistic, and supportive, but can also be too willing to go along with the others to keep the peace. Word. They want everything to go smoothly and be without conflict, but they can also tend to be complacent, simplifying problems, minimizing anything upsetting. They typically have problems with inertia and stubbornness. At their best, indomitable and all-embracing, they are able to bring people together and heal conflicts. So the peacemaker and the challenger, they don't really seem like they'd go go hand hand in hand. hand. The other thing is that Kayla's a Leo and I'm a Pisces. Same same thing where we're really kind of Go it's like the, fire and ice uh-huh. but I think because we've worked through so much stuff and we're mother and daughter and we've just grown up together basically mm-hmm. we have been able to be a very good example of how opposites can balance each other out when they work really well because I definitely feel like I'm the challenger <laughs> no you're not no I'm not <laughs> I definitely feel like I'm the challenger. No, I'm definitely the peacemaker. You're definitely a challenger. And mm-hmm. working together, we can we can do great things. Totally. Kayla. I strongly encourage everyone go yeah. take the test because it's it's really interesting. It also can help with how you interact with other people, understanding if you know what type someone is, understanding how you can, you know, have a stronger, better relationship or connection with that person you understand each totally. other you have a better understanding mm-hmm. um but also it's kind of funny they have the interesting people who are the same number yeah. as you so that's kind of interesting you can see what celebrities you. or people in history what you know who's along who's the same z's as you same z's yeah and also um one of the things that i love is that it teaches you like in conflict how do you become you know, how do you take the personality type that you are? And I just say personality type for lack of a better term. But and how do you instead of just saying, well, I'm just a peacemaker and this is how I am. Like it teaches you, you know, how to how does this look at your best? And when you're challenged, like how do you not just throw up the talents? Oh, I'm just, you know, I'm a really sensitive person. It's just the way I am. How do I become stronger in my sensitivity? You know, how do you become more vulnerable in your strength? For you, you know, um, so I love how the Enneagram like kind of goes deeper into that. And I don't really know 
I haven't done a ton of research into it, just kind of on my type, but it's really interesting. So yeah. Yeah, there's check- also a Spotify, there's a playlist that I don't know what it, I can, we can leave a link in the, on the website, okay. but that links to your type, your type, a song for your type. And is it like a whole playlist for your type or is it just it's a, a song? It's a playlist of all nine types and there's like, I think nine oh. songs. So type, you know, number oh, one. Fun. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay. You find that out I'll and find put that, that. In, our, yep. in our notes. Okay. Let's see. Our next question, how to grow social media. So we could probably do an entire episode on that. My biggest tip for growing social media is number one, this, I mean, it sounds so cliche, but be authentic and be yourself because there's just too many people trying to put out something that looks like what they think other people want, you know, to be, we need that you, there's a U shaped hole out Mm -hmm. there. And, um, I've also heard, and I think this is really true is serve the audience and the followers that you have instead of, if you're like, all I want to do is like, go get more people, go get more people. If you have 50 people following you and they're active, then engage with those 50 people. I think by then, then, then you're going to have true engagement with them. Maybe they'll enjoy what they see with you and they'll go tell other people. But if you have 50 people who are showing up for you and you just really want a thousand and so you're working so hard to just, you're Mm. not really serving the audience you have. Yeah. I think people lose sight of that. And then those 50 people are kind of like forgotten and like, how about me? Why am I following you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips? Well, social media is not my strong suit. I enjoy it. I like going on it, but I'm not as good as posting and coming up with like creative content consistency is big that's yeah and I'm not I'm not looking necessarily that's not my goal to grow my social media not that's a moment so I don't put as much effort into it as you know a tool like a social that's not your goal no but as a follower I guess consistency is if I'm following somebody for a specific reason Mm -hmm. if all of a sudden they're all over the place it kind of starts to seem scattered right you get 10 posts one day and then none for three weeks I'm guilty of that and sometimes when I get busy um with work or life or whatever I tend to go oh god I haven't been on Instagram I've been on it but I haven't really been posting because I find that there's that there's that fine line and that tricky balance between I'm going to curate everything and I'm going to get it all scheduled as a person, right? Because I like saying, you know, oh, I was in the ER yesterday. And yeah. so I want to post that instead of saying, you know, what am what am I going to do on Tuesday, February 25th? You know, I I want to keep that up. So, But sometimes then I'm inconsistent and that doesn't help me grow. But again, my personal social media, my goal is not to grow it. Although some people that have brands and businesses and even personal ones, they want to grow. So I think just find out who you are. Yeah, find what? your niche because yeah. if you if I'm following somebody because they are a palm tree photographer, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. random. Let's yeah. just throw it out there. That actually would be kind of cool. I know I love if that. if I follow you because you take consistent photos of palm trees mm-hmm. that I like, then all of a sudden one day you're starting to you're going skateboarding. Mm-hmm. I don't that doesn't connect with me, and that's not why I followed you. Right, and it doesn't ha- and that might be fine, but. If you're, I would try to choose what you would want your social to be about. It could be of many things, but I wouldn't coin yourself as like 
the palm tree photographer. Well, you don't need to be everything for everybody. Right. I think that's a really good point because if you are a palm tree photographer and you take them all over the world and it's sunsets and at different times of day and you call, whatever you do, yeah. you don't need to be the person that's also taking really cool pictures of lattes. Right. You know, totally. And you don't look at it and say, do you know how many people follow pictures of lattes and people that- Well, I that must, I, I have to do that now. I'll increase my following mm-hmm. by doing that because there's an audience for that. But that's not why people are following you. Yeah. So- But the, if you want to take photos of lattes because it's what makes you happy and yeah. that's what you want to do, totally do right. it. Kind of defining yourself as a brand. And I think that's also kind of like people say, well, are we are we brands? Well, okay, so I'm saying treating your social media, if it's something you want to grow, you have to understand yourself and kind of define who you are in the space. Why? Why are people following you? You want them to write. Why? Why are they following you? What do you bring to the table for them? What makes you unique? Because if you're not, you're all over the place. If you are kind of like, hey. I'm My, a lifestyle blogger yep. who likes to go do many different things and that's your and that's, your, that's thing. your thing and that's fine and it can encompass multiple things. Yeah. But if you're confused about it, your audience is totally. confused about it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't help you grow. That they, believe me, we've had that issue even within the company with our brand. It's like, "Hey, if we're if we're confused internally, our customers are going to be confused." Yeah. So let's get on the same page. And I think that's what I had to get when I was doing my own it's like what is this am I in just an extension of the happy planner or is this my space not my space <laughs> is this <laughs> my, space. my place and my page that I'm gonna just do what I want to do yeah so I'd say define that that's yeah. a really good point Kayla oh thanks nice job thank you let's see what do we have next all-time favorite books okay so I've shared it before I love Brene Brown the gifts of imperfection I love a lot of self-help books. I love I love books on happy happiness and the science of happiness and positive psychology. There's one by Tal Ben-Shahar that I love that I've talked about a lot. Um, Gifts from the Sea. Oh, I was, that's what I was going to say. Love that by you. Anne Lindbergh Morrow, I think. I don't know. I'm, You know what? I'm one of those people who read a lot of books like about halfway, sometimes oh. three quarters of the way, and then I move on to the next one. Really? Ooh. Ooh. Is that bad? I think people won't like that. <laughs> <laughs> people are gonna I'm go be sorry i'd be sorry but most of the books that i read are kind of like self-help books so there's um, not like a story okay because i don't think i need help right i just mm-hmm. want to be informed and so i yeah. kind of really dive into it at the need. beginning and then i flip through the last parts of the chapters usually um i feel like you kind of spelled it out at the beginning mm-hmm. and then i go through the chapters and i kind of skim there's very few books that i just like devour from cover to cover yeah i'm sorry all you bookies they yeah. call bookies, not bookies. Bookie, not bookies. <laughs> what are bookies called? <laughs> Bibliophiles, I think. Are... Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> anyway, hilarious. I'm sure, but that's just the way it is. That's what I do. And yeah, um, I like to read. I just, I'm more of like a fiction novel kind of person, but I also like my <laughs> skincare books. Which I've got leads a us to the next bunch one. of those because um, I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to like skin stuff and ingredients and. All that good stuff, which, yes, it does bring us to our next one is, Kayla, can you share your skincare tips? Yes. Share with the people, Kayla, because I feel like I have my own personal uh, skincare specialist slash slash esthetician, which is the hardest word to say in the world for me, (laughs) esthetician. And yeah, your her tips are amazing, have really been eye opening for me. So share with the people. There's so many different um, approaches when it comes to skincare. So these are things that. I can I can give some general ones that everyone should be doing. 
Can I ask one question? Sure. I'm raising my hand. Yeah. Stephanie. Is it important to wash your face morning and night? Um, y- yes and no. Yes. So morning cleanse, if you have makeup, you don't need to go into a full like treatment cleanse that has like a bunch of ingredients. In the morning? In the morning. Let's say you, you wash your face at night, okay. right? So you wake up with a no wake makeup up with on a your clean face. face, ideally. Yeah. That's a, yeah, a big one. Wake up with a clean face. <laughs> and it just depends on your skin type and your different conditions that you have going on. Some people can get away with kind of a rinse of water in the morning or a super gentle cleanse because they don't have anything other than maybe just the natural oils from the night before. Mm-hmm. In the morning, hopefully you have a clean face. So you don't necessarily need to stick to the double cleanse method, which I am a big believer in. But that mainly comes in at night where you want to use a first cleanse to get off all the makeup, pollution, dirt, debris that's okay. gone on from the day. And then that second cleanse is to go in and really clean within the skin. I think the general rule is morning and night, but I guess it just depends on your your routine. So definitely that's something that I've learned from you is take off your makeup, wash your face at night, do the double cleanse by taking off your makeup and then cleansing your skin. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is your skin does the most work at night. And so if you have great ingredients and treatments and serums and whatever works for your skin applied at night and you go to bed, your skin's doing a ton of work to really use those ingredients and delivery systems and all those great things. And then, but if it's got a bunch of makeup or something, oils from, you know, just the day and you haven't rinsed those off, you're not doing much for yourself. So if you, if you had to pick one, it's the big, clean your skin at night before you go to bed. What about moisturizing? Everybody needs a moisturizer. That is a big thing <laughs> that I know that if you have, I have oily skin. Yeah. And by the way, before Kayla looked and did a look at my skin, mm-hmm. I didn't know that I had oily skin. You thought you had dry skin. I thought I had dry skin, which when I was <laughs> properly not diagnosed, but properly identified yeah. by a professional, a.k.a. Kayla, my skincare uh, game was like leveled up. It was like all of a sudden, all of these things that I had, I really think I was doing them to myself because I had totally misidentified my skin type and I was treating it probably in a way that was not helpful for my skin. But I think so many people struggle with that and they do that too. You're not alone because Thanks. you're not alone. Um, I think people... Luckily, I think now, um, within the last few years, it's with social media and YouTube, there's a lot of, which can be a downfall, but there's a lot of information out there about skincare, which is good because, you know, consumers need to be educated. Sometimes it's hard as as a professional mm-hmm. on that end to, like, pick and choose yeah. what they, you know, really take home. Like, if you were advising somebody who was saying, hey, I want to take care of my skin I want it to be I want to take care of it better or Mm -hmm. I want to start a skincare um regimen Mm -hmm. what would would the first thing that you would suggest be maybe go meet with a professional or have somebody at least examine your skin and to identify your skin type properly first yeah I think it's a great idea because you can only learn so much yourself without having you know the research behind the skin and Mm -hmm. how it works and ingredients and how they work for your skin. Um, So I would totally recommend somebody going to a professional, whether it's an esthetician or a dermatologist, um, to kind of get that initial consultation just to say like, hey, where's my skin at? What's what's going on? Here's what I struggle with. 
and then from you know go from there whether you want a really in-depth professional routine or if you want to kind of choose the right products for your skin yeah um skincare is like a big it's having a moment and I bet you are like super excited about it because Kayla she's joking when or she acts like she's joking when she says she's kind of a geek about skincare she is yeah yeah, I am in the and best it, way. It totally in the best way. It's my one of my favorite things to kind of dive deep into. But if I could leave anybody with like the basics, I would say <laughs> give us your best advice. Cleanse, exfoliate and moisturize and sunscreen. There if you're a skincare enthusiast, there will be steps that fall in between each mm-hmm. one of those. If you want to keep it basic, those would be my basic ones that everyone should use. Finding, you know, it all depend on your skin type, your conditions that currently are present on your skin. We say those again. Okay. Cleanse. Cleanse. Exfoliate. Mm-hmm. Moisturize. And sunscreen. sunscreen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, my next one would be exfoliating is very scary and dangerous. So. Wow. Well, it is. Because of the products that people like to use. So back, I don't think, I don't know if they have this anymore, but I don't even remember what it was called. Was it St. Ives? Yes. Apricot scrub? Yes. Yeah. That's why. Because everybody loves that. And it's because it leaves your skin immediately feeling great. Yeah. Tell us, like, that is, aren't those like ground up? Like, well, they, and people go, oh my gosh, it's from an apricot. It's from a fruit. (laughs) So it must be Natural. natural. But that is a hugely mass produced skincare product Mm -hmm. that you know they use a pit of an apricot as the manual exfoliation I would imagine right which can be fine but they the way they do it it's not ground up and it's not soft and round Mm -hmm. it's got sharp edges and they create micro tears on your skin which have you know so many different side effects of inflammation introducing bacteria just a bunch of things yeah and find a good gentle exfoliant, but exfoliation. I know what your favorite is. Do maybe you? I, well, I, maybe I don't, but it's the one that you recommended that I keep in the shower that I loved. Okay, so it's a it's a powdered microfoliant. It's from Dermalogica. It's great. It's my favorite because I can use it multiple times a week without it being too strong. It says daily. I use it daily. I'm not. Well, supposed it's daily to. microfoliant. But yes, cleanse, exfoliate safely and gentle. Enzymes are great for an exfoliant. At, like hydroxy acids are great. Find yeah. those. Moisturize and exfol and and sunscreen. <laughs> You're like, oh my god, my what's one? more? <laughs> Should we take a break? Yeah. Okay, let's take a break. When we come back, we will answer a few more of your questions. We'll be right back. This episode of Plan a Happy Life is presented by Michaels. Make creativity happen. Okay, welcome back. Let's answer some more of your questions. We're going to let's let's start with an easy one. What is your favorite all-time pen? Ooh. Well, this is a definite question for you because <laughs> I know you don't like my pens. I don't and you don't like my pens. I don't like your pens, but I also <laughs> I like I just write on a piece of paper. You have like a specific, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I just like a really fat ballpoint pen and I know people are going to cringe when they hear me say it. You just like just a regular old it's funny because like I think a, like a regular old Bic, Bic. roller yes. rolling like yep. a what's it called? Ballpoint. Ballpoint. <laughs> a roller ballpoint. ball. A roller ball. That's yeah. because the one that I like is it's called a uniball it's like a micro 
micro tip, micro tip, like the fine, fine point. tip I like because the way I write and the way I use it in my planner for the most part, I I think people's pens have a lot to do with the way they write too. Because I think when you write with my pen, you write it at such an angle that it like. I also am very like I press hard. Yeah, and it that does not work and with it doesn't, the mm -mm. doesn't work with the Uniball. And so I like that one because, and we'll we'll link to our favorites. It's, believe me, they're oh, so special. <laughs> It'll be your pleasure for me to link to my favorite pen. <laughs> you can get a box of twenty four for a dollar ninety seven. Um, I think that people, that there's so many people within like the planning space and mm -hmm. creative space that like really love like calligraphy and and they love their pens. And I love my pen, but it is not anything special. But I like it's I like black ink. You black, I'm a black team blacking. Ink. Yeah. And I like to write very tiny because in my planner, I like I just have a lot of things to write down. And so How I, will, like I will say tip. your <laughs> writing is very pretty and um sort of cursive like mm -hmm. in a really like non grandma way. Um, you're welcome. Because I didn't mean cursive in like grandma. But I write all caps. Mm -hmm. for the most part yeah and so having that really and which your pen makes your writing look really pretty and fine and just dainty it works for the way I have you write. like dad writing I was gonna say that but I thought you might go thanks mom no dad like dads have my all writing. Caps writing all caps mm -hmm. it's just a fact <laughs> <laughs> um so I think my fat pen is good for that but I will say I also like I can't remember what the name of it is. I know the brand is Tombow, but you know those, the, are they, I don't know. What I know which ones. The ones they're that like have two, the, the, the dual tip ones? Not the dual tip ones. They're like. The brush ones? Not, no. They're not felt <laughs> tip either, but they're like the 0 0.01, 0 0.03, and 0 0.05. Micron? Mm -mm. It's Tombow. <laughs> <laughs> I just said that. It's Tombow. Paper me? <laughs> no. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't about. know. I like one of the Tombow 0.05. Okay pens okay because it's thicker okay so I like those too so we're pretty boring when it comes to pens because I think we just you know we write the way we're every time I think I disappoint people when they're like what's your favorite pen and I'm like it's this one you can literally get a box of them on Amazon for or you can go to Staples or whatever but it's nothing special mm -hmm. I just like the way it make I you're right I like the way it makes my writing look yeah and every time I like would go into your office and borrow a pen I always would be like Dang it. She'd go, oh, I hate your pens. I hate your pens. All right. Next question. If you were not the creator of the Happy Planner, what would you be doing instead? Mm. That is a really good question. I think I've, I think I would want to, I guess if there was something that I would want to do besides being a singer, which I've already told you, yeah. um, but I think I would want to be some kind of therapist or family psychologist. I, but here's the thing. I don't want to be counseling someone who doesn't want to be there that would be the would worst be the thing ever I don't want to right. but if you came and said like hey can you be that that unbiased third party for me can you mm -hmm. be the person that can be a sounding board can listen and can maybe offer some suggestions oh my god I would love that yeah to be a part of that process that somebody wants and is willing to go through yeah and participate in yes totally like help me help you I would love that but if you had like I would hate doing like marriage counseling where you've got one person on there like I don't know like just mm -hmm. I don't want to pull it out of you I don't want to do like any kind of thing where someone has to be there going to counseling yeah but if it was really that's why someone said well maybe you would want to be more of like a life coach mm. um which could be cool too because I love just diving into when people are going 
you know, I want this. Like, what can I do? This is what I'm doing currently. What do you think? And I do that for myself. Like I kind of have that process going on in my head. I have to be careful about doing it to other people because it's fascinating to me, Mm -hmm. but it could feel a little bit like, let me fix you because I have all the answers. And I don't, I'm just very curious about human behavior and how we can use the knowledge of like getting better to like make ourselves become the people we want to be. Yeah. You know? So I think that gets me excited. I want to do that. Like, Maybe I need I a second job. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what for you that. need. Well, you're not the creator of the Happy Planner, but if you weren't doing, and by the way, neither am I. There was a team, but I know what these people mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if you weren't doing what you were currently doing right now, what would you be doing? Mm, I, well, I would probably, like, realistically be doing something in skincare. Shocking. Yeah, that um, makes sense. But I think it would have been really cool if it was more like, what would you have liked your career to be like mm. at one point? Um, Answer that. I know. Well, I, oh, I, I am. Why don't there. you be quiet, mom? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to be something in sports, not like a professional. I mean, that would have been cool too. But I would have liked to maybe be like a sports psychologist. We could open up a practice together. Um, yeah, you deal with um, yes. life coaching and I will deal with the athletes. Yes. Yeah. Just knowing, you know, having been an athlete before, but also knowing the side that my brother Tyler um, has talked about just being in professional um, sports and kind of dealing with the mental side of whatever you're doing. I think that was it's pretty powerful and a big part of the game that nobody really talks about. Of games in general in sports. So I think sports psychology would have been pretty cool. That would be but that's that like would be awesome. If if I you were had a different going through the schooling to do so. Right. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because well, today is Tyler's birthday. <gasps> Happy birthday. Happy Tyler. birthday, Tyler. My son is thirty today. He has a podcast mm-hmm. that he um and a friend what, how long have they had it? Probably a couple episodes now. Yeah, I think they have maybe like five or six. Yeah, episodes. five or six. And he talked a lot. They had a they had an episode on on sport psychology and this this I don't know if he was a doctor or who he was but really trained them in the mental game mm-hmm. and it would be interesting to have maybe Tyler on the episode yeah, sometime talking totally. about his experiences in um, sports psychology and how so much of the game he was a baseball player but how so much of the game is mental I think it's a huge part of life too yeah. right so much of the game of life is mental and how you perceive things and your attitude and that he might be an interesting guest yeah but their podcast is great too they they're the brushback baseball podcast and they have just a really interesting perspective on what they're talking about yes it's a it's a lot of baseball but it's just you know if you have kids or boys who are going through that that that's a great listen yeah he's got he's he and a friend his friend is kind of the um what does he kind of do? Like more of not the numbers game, but he's kind of the enthusiast. And Tyler has the perspective of a player and what it looks like, especially to come up in youth baseball, what it looks like in high school and competitive baseball in high school through college, through the minor leagues. And um, it's been really interesting. They have a lot of younger listeners who want to know what that process is like. So if you have anybody, you know, that's yeah, interested in baseball. Listen. It's a good listen. And we're kind of partial to him too. So we like him a lot. We like him a lot. Maybe we'll have him on this episode or on this podcast. So yeah. 
Okay, so I think that was fun. I know we didn't get to all of the questions, but we appreciate you reaching out and asking questions. And we just thought it would be kind of a fun thing. We got a lot of questions about product Mm -hmm. and business. So there possibly could be another one of these episodes where we talk a little bit more about what advice we have for people wanting to grow a business or a brand. But until then, we will leave you with these. And um, as always, you can go to our website, planahappylife.com for more information and definitely the links for our favorite pens because we want to like rock your world and blow your mind. Yeah. So until next time, you guys have a great week and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Plan a Happy Life. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends, family, or anyone on their own happiness journey. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Why are you laughing? (laughs) She's just laughing. I really didn't like laugh all that much. I think you're laughing at me. I am a little bit. Yeah. Um, I I just smacked my lips. (laughs) (laughs) She's uh, like, yep. Yep. I remember that.